0: Well, good morning, everyone. Glad that you could join us uh, this Sabbath. Those of you who are a part of our church, and those of you who are um, um, not necessarily a part of our church but join us uh, but are joining us anyway, we want to welcome you. Um, so today we're going to be talking about. Um, the next fruit of the Spirit, which is kindness. And uh, today we're talking about separating kindness from self-interest, separating kindness from self-interest. I'm just going to start by going over um, a bit of a review. We've talked about love um, in this series, how God's love is unmerited, God's love is steadfast, and God's love is suffering love. We's, we've also talked about joy, how joy cannot be pursued for its own sake, but rather joy is a byproduct whose very existence presupposes that you desire not it but something other and outer and that's from cs lewis um we've talked about peace how uh, the bible rarely speaks of peace purely as a state of mind but rather peace as a way of life um, peace is relational and inherently social and last time we talked about patience which is the willingness to be acted upon rather than acting um in tolerance so today we're going to be talking about kindness, um, and I'm sure you've noticed as we've gone through um, these different fruit how there's a lot of overlap between um, many of these fruit, and we'll be addressing that um, again today, but I think there's a really important reason why there's um, so much overlap, yet distinction between um, these, these different character traits. So today I want to talk about Um, I want to start by talking about the Random Acts of Kindness movement. And um, from memory, I think uh, Ellen DeGeneres is probably the first person that I remember who consistently performed significant acts of kindness um, for daytime television. And it was kind of like for um, like mass media, and it was for a a massive amount of people. And it was kind of amazing watching Ellen pass out uh, cars and money and checks uh, to people who really needed help. And, And I think that kind of led to a wave of other people, um, promoting kindness. Um, since Ellen, I think there's a, there, uh, there are different YouTubers making videos of, uh, performing these different, uh, random acts of kindness, uh, to the homeless, to people working in hospitality, uh, and to random strangers. This particular gentleman, um, made a video of him buying a house for the homeless, and, um, he... Uh, Next he made a video of him tipping a pizza delivery guy a house And so there's like a Domino's pizza guy that knocks on the door Delivers a pizza and he says Oh here let me give you a tip And he hands him a set of keys now, the two videos collectively have racked almost 90 million views. And the, inter- the interesting thing is that you've got to watch an ad before you watch these videos. And so if you can imagine the revenue that's generated from 90 million views, um, the reality is that this guy probably made more money out of the ads, uh, the ad revenue, uh, than it cost him to buy these two houses in the middle of the U.S. So Philip Kinnison makes this uh, observation that there are moments when random acts of kindness can actually get in the way of connecting with people. He says that there's a type of kindness where both the benefactor and the beneficiary are ignorant of each other's um, deepest uh, profound needs, and so the point for today is not necessarily to knock the random act of kindness movement but rather to show the relationship uh, between these efforts and kindness that 's highlighted in scripture so first, I want to talk about the bible 's definition of kindness. I want to look at the story of David and Jonathan, and in the story, uh, these two young men kind of get to know each other, and David. Uh, excuse me, um, the Bible says that Jonathan's heart is kind of bound to David, and he he loves David more than he loves him, uh, he, uh, more than he, yeah, excuse me, he loves David as if he's his own brother. And so as they chat with each other, uh, they make this agreement that if anything were to happen to one of them, that the other would take care of Um, the descendants of the deceased. And so when we get to 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 3, what has happened is that Jonathan has died in battle, and David ascends to become the king of Israel. And he basically asks this question, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? And David remembers this agreement that he makes with Jonathan, and he basically wants to be able to Fulfill his agreement Now David hears about Jonathan's son And then he extends his son this favor And the word used In this particular context of kindness Is, transla- is often translated love and-, and it should be understood as steadfast love So kindness in this context is not self-serving But it's consistently other-centered Even at the cost of self so the question here is, what's the difference between being loving and being kind? Because they're obviously connected in this uh, particular circumstance. Um, and things get even more complicated when you look at the New Testament. So in the New Testament, when you look at the word uh, for kindness uh, in Galatians chapter 5, it's often rendered in these particular, uh, it's it's often rendered in these ways. So whether it's goodness, kindness, good, or gentleness. And so when you look at those translations basically that 's that 's four fruit of the spirit mentioned in one idea, and so the point is just that each of these ideas have significant overlap, but they are also distinct, so the fruit of the spirit um, are kind of like colors in that they're difficult to know where one ends and the other begins. Um, James bought the church a mouse and I'm going to ask Jinha to kind of put the mouse in frame. And I'm just going to ask you to look at the colors that are kind of shining in this, in this mouse. And what I want you to try and figure out is where one color ends and the next begins. And what you're going to find is that these colors are programmed to be, um, to to emit color by the way that they sit in the color spectrum. And so it it becomes really difficult to find where blue starts and where indigo begins. (coughs) Excuse me, where blue ends and indigo uh, begins. And so, um, yeah, just colors are connected just as the fruit of the Spirit are connected. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, the Bible says that love is patient, And love is kind. So you really can't separate the idea of patience, kindness, love, goodness, gentleness. And so I think that on one hand, they're connected um, for the sake of helping us uh, identify when a fruit of the Spirit is um, love, for example. So I know I know there are a lot of different ways to define and explain love, but how do you know when you love someone or if they love you? From the Bible's perspective, <clears throat> identifying love can be done by looking at the other virtues that are connected to love. Um, these virtues tell some... Uh, these virtues tell someone when uh, the quality of love that you experience is kind of a genuine quality when it's genuinely love so today's virtue um, is kindness. If you love someone, you will then be kind to them. <clears throat> So if kindness is missing in a relationship, then claiming love becomes a challenge. Uh, you're familiar with the phrase, uh, with the phrase, tough love. My dad used to wake me up at 5 a.m. every morning. And I would wake up and wonder to myself, why are you waking up a 10 year old at 5 in the morning? And I just, I didn't understand the reason or the rhyme behind the, 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 the discipline. And my dad would say, Successful people wake up early in the morning and, and I would just be like, I, like, this is so unpleasant. And he would say, I do this because I love you. And I remember thinking, I just wish you wouldn't love me so much. Like, you, you can keep your love to yourself. Kindness is such an important aspect of love because it's one of the most visible attributes of love. We would never say that someone is kind simply because they refrain from an unkind act. Kindness is when someone goes out of their way, often quietly, um, in very concrete everyday actions. So if I could distill kindness, I would say it's about graciously giving and receiving help. We live in a culture where independence is a virtue and dependence is a weakness. There's something attractive about being self-made, and there's something unattractive about inconveniencing someone for help. A relationship of complete dependency is not what I'm trying to promote, but a consistent dependence with reciprocation often translates to a deep meaning of uh, a deep relational meaning and and this type of giving is not charity uh, it's about giving to someone as if they're your equal and it's about receiving from someone as if that person giving is your equal i think the challenge of of um this interaction of reciprocating giving and taking is that finding that genuineness that comes from giving and receiving. I think there are types of giving and receiving that do not lead to a relationship. Um, there aren't necessarily emotions attached to that giving or that receiving. I've got a relationship with my energy company. They give me heating. I really value this. I give them my money. They really value this. But in this important transaction, there isn't a healthy relationship in that if I find out that there's a better deal somewhere else, like I'm gone, right? I'm leaving for greener pastures. Uh, Peter in our zoom meetings brought out um, an, an interesting website uh, it's EnergyMadeEasy.gov.au, and basically they simplify all the different energy companies in your postal code and you can find out which rate is actually the best and I'm sure you've looked at I'm sure you've shopped for uh, different energy companies where they give different kinds of discounts so it's actually kind of difficult to find out what's the cheapest rate anyway this website makes it easy so thank you Peter so we've we've looked at what kindness looks like. Let's look at how we can produce kindness. So we've defined it. How do we produce it? There are a couple, um, I guess, tips that I'd like to share with you in how to cultivate kindness. Uh, the first tip is spend time reflecting on the kindness of God. In Ephesians chapter two, verses six to ten, it says. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I'm just going to ask Jen how to um, stay on that slide for a little bit as I just kind of uh, explore this passage with you. So reflecting on the kindness of God produces an outward-focused relational kindness uh, that we've been exploring. So when we're able to acknowledge God's goodness in our lives, it develops gratitude and from that source or place of gratitude comes genuine kindness so real kindness is given regardless of the merit of the one receiving uh, regardless of the merit of the receiving party and and real kindness is consistent in its giving real kindness has the power to heal and build so when we lose sight of god's grace the tendency then is to shift from being kind to being entitled Uh, We focus less on what God has done. We focus more on what we have done. So because I gave my time and I gave my effort, I deserve better. So this passage kind of highlights this idea that gratitude and entitlement are opposing traits of character. And the kindness of God is designed to then change our perception so that every moment when we experience goodness, It feels like a gift, which in turn produces a sense of gratitude. Uh, There's a group of us that went through the Live More Happy program, uh, which is designed to lift mood. And Darren Morton in his book writes that feelings follow your focus. And if you focus on that which is negative, you will feel negative. If you focus on that which is positive, you will feel more positive. In other words, you can shift your mood by choosing what you focus on. Um, there's a quote here by Dr. William James, and he's apparently um, a very significant um, psychologist um, who who has done a, a lot of uh, research. And he writes, our greatest weapon against stress is the ability to choose one thought over another. Um, today, or, or this last week, um, I, I tried to consistently go for a run, and um, I kind of thought, look, I've got one hour to go get exercise. I'm going to try and maximize my time outdoors and I'm just going to try and run an hour straight. And, um, I did it a handful of times and I've probably, I've ran more in a four day period than I had run the previous year before that all put together. Um, and I, I just, I remember kind of being grumpy about being in stage four lockdown and, and then kind of You know, remembering this idea of feelings following your focus, and kind of thinking, I'm just going to think of things that I can be thankful for. And I was like, Well, I'm thankful for this one hour that I have outside of the house. I'm thankful that I have the ability to go get exercise, and and that I'm not bedridden. And and as I started thinking about things that I am thankful for, it did actually lift my mood. It's kind of like a, it was one of those, oh, this actually works. So here's another way of cultivating kindness. We've talked about spending time reflecting on the kindness of God. Um, I also want to explore this idea of if we can shift the way we view the relationship between individuals, uh, individuality and group, uh, group mentality. That didn't make sense, but you'll understand what I mean when I explain this. So the way that the Bible explains that relationship is different from the way that the world looks at the individual and the group. The world tends to think of individuals and groups as distinct identities. And I guess the real debate is figuring out which takes priority. Does the individual take priority or does the group take priority? Some people would say that the group exists to serve the needs of the individual. And others would say that the individual exists to serve the needs of the group. And I suppose right now, at this very moment, the state of Victoria is struggling with this issue, right? We're in the midst of a pandemic in stage four lockdown and it probably feels more like stage five or six. Um, remember how good it was at, at stage three lockdown? Like how crazy is it to think, man, times were good back then. <laughs> the challenge with both of these views is that we're, we're left to hit these two distinctive entities against each other and we're forced to choose which one is more important and in the midst of the debate how do you practice consideration and kindness and when you watch the news and you see how individuals are kind of fighting for their rights saying you know um I don't need to wear a mask or whatever whatever it is like we're we're in this deadlock Between prioritizing individuality and prioritizing the community. In Romans chapter 12 verses four to six, the Bible gives this insight uh, into this, into this difficulty. It says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. So the Bible describes the church as the body of Christ and each of us form a part of that body. Looking at the relationship between the individual and the group shifts when we adopt this approach. Uh, When we look at a healthy, functioning body, it doesn't make sense to ask if the body parts exist for the sake of the body or the other way around. It's a mistake to assume you can have one apart from the other. The body part is essential to the existence of the body. The parts of the body belong to each other, and that belonging is not so much about possession, it's about connection. So it's not about the individual, it's not about utility It's about life giving connections in the context of a journey with Christ. And it's in this context that we find consideration and kindness. You know, as we go through this difficult time of stage four lockdown and over the last two days, it feels like so many other rules have been added on as well. It's just increasingly becoming difficult to be kind. Like when I'm at the shops and I see somebody without a mask, I want to go and scold that person. <laughs> and I'm sure that person feels very entitled to not having to cover their face when they go out in public. And, and I, I'm just, I think that because difficulty is increasing, tension is increasing. Even in our own household, there are little things that are happening in Jinha and are kind of like, ah! <laughs> at each other, at the kids. And, and, you know, God has a funny way of acting because like, you know, I, I, yes, I planned what, what I would preach on, but I, I didn't know exactly what I was going to preach on until I started working on the sermon. And it's just, you know, God has a funny way of bringing to light things that are important in, in specific moments. And I just want to encourage us as a church to practice kindness, to practice consideration, to stay connected with each other. Um, even when you're out in public, when somebody does something that just you, you, that frustrates you, um, just to remember to reflect on the kindness of God and to think of others as being connected to yourself. Uh, we are connected as humanity. And as you practice kindness, may you sense the presence of God. May you be filled with the, with the Spirit of God. Um, and may you experience love and kindness and gentleness. God bless you. Let's pray together. Father God, as we um, consider kindness, we come before you and we recognize that kindness comes from you. Uh, We cannot conjure it up from ourselves. And uh, I pray that you would teach us to spend time reflecting on your goodness. Teach us to be concerned and connected to the needs of of humanity and those around us. Um, give us the courage to step out of our comfort zones and to uh, provide care for those around us and to those who are in need. Um, and we pray that you would bring about, uh, that that we would sense your presence and ultimately that you would bring about a healing and restoration, especially uh, during this pandemic. So, Father, we pray these things in your name. Amen.